0: Hello friends, Sagan here. Welcome back to Indie Author Weekly, where I share my behind the scenes journey of writing and self-publishing books. If you are new to this podcast, I'm a productivity strategist for multi-passionate creatives at SaganMorrow.com. I help people manage their time and energy effectively through customized actionable strategies that work for your unique life and business. When I'm not teaching about productivity to solopreneurs, I spend my time writing romance novels and occasionally business books. And that is what this podcast is all about, the adventures of the author life. Now let's get into this episode of the Indie Author Weekly Podcast. I am currently working on rewrites and edits for my upcoming romantic comedy Her Bad Idea which is book seven in the Polyamorous Passions series. You can learn all about that series and read those books on your at your favorite ebook store or visit saganmorrow.com books. While I was reviewing Her Bad Idea you know going through that first draft and while I was starting to do the rewrites A few thoughts came to mind that I wanted to share with you. Consider this a little writing pep talk. These are some good reminders to think about when you are writing your first draft of a book and also when you are starting to work on the rewrites of that initial draft. There are three points I want to make today. First, your initial draft is solely for getting your ideas onto paper. It's not about getting it perfect. It's not even about getting it good enough. That first draft is just about taking the ideas out of your head and putting them on paper. That means that it doesn't matter how awkward your sentences are or how quote unquote bad your writing is because in a future draft, you can rewrite and edit it again and again to make sure it's exactly what you want it to be. Your writing probably won't be great in that first draft. Your storytelling might have huge gaping holes. That is more than okay. That is normal. Get your ideas out there in the first draft, and then in a future draft, you can polish it up. But polishing it up is not at all what that first draft is for. Whenever I remind myself about this, I find it very liberating because sometimes, In fact, often, you will write something into that first draft, and you'll have a cringy moment. You'll think to yourself, yikes, that is really poorly worded. Or you'll think, wow, that sentence structure is a mess. But when you remember that you are at the stage of just getting your ideas onto paper, that can give you the boost that you need to keep moving forward rather than doubting yourself. Because when we when we doubt ourselves, that's when we stop writing. You know, you if you um, start doubting yourself in that first draft of your book, you might decide, oh, this book is, it's it's no good. I'm just going to stop here altogether. That's not what we want. Your story needs to be told. I want you to trust in yourself that in a future rewrite, you will fix all of those awkward sentences. You will make it better down the line. That first draft is not about polishing it. It's not about getting it perfect, not even close. It's just about getting your ideas onto paper. Okay, so that's the first part of this writing pep talk that I want to give you today. The second point I want to note is this. One sentence can make all the difference for tying everything together in a scene or bridging the gap between two scenes. For example, when I first wrote Uh, the draft that first draft of her bad idea there was a particular scene and I don't want to you know give you any spoilers but there was a particular scene where it didn't it didn't really make sense for why the heroine Scarlet would act out of character but when I was doing the rewrites it actually just took one sentence to provide some quick backstory which suddenly helped everything make so much more sense which is kind of cool. And this is also a good lesson and a good reminder that if you don't understand your character's motivations, that doesn't mean that you necessarily need to expand on this huge backstory. You don't need to add a bunch of extra scenes or chapters to get into the nitty gritty. In fact, sometimes it's the simplest explanations which are the most natural. I mean, think about it. We all act out of character from time to time in real life based on what we are thinking in that moment or what just happened earlier that day or, you know, a past life experience that suddenly comes up. Your characters likely respond similarly. We are not all, um, we don't exist in these vacuums, right? Sometimes we all act out of character and there can be um, very simple explanations for when that kind of thing happens. There have been many times over the course of my polyamorous passion series that I've also just kind of struggled to figure out what happens in between a couple of scenes. I'll write one scene and then I'll write another scene. And I think, how do I bridge the gap? And it's, it's you know, something that I'll kind of struggle with for a while. And then I realize, you know what? There's no need to dive into that. A simple sentence or a short paragraph can easily bridge the gap between two scenes. You don't always have to tell the reader exactly what happens in between every scene. You can just bridge that gap with just one sentence or a quick little paragraph. And personally, I strive to leave my readers wanting more. I want my readers to finish my book and think, Oh, I loved XYZ scene so much that I just, I wish it were longer. I wish Sagan would have expanded on it because it was so good. You know, to me, that is the goal. My goal is that my readers always want more. Plus, the benefit to this is that when I know which specific scenes my readers want me to build on or they wish would have been a bit longer, I can absolutely include that expanded scene in my future book of short stories featuring the Polyamorous Passions characters, for example. And that, to me, is so much fun because then it starts to feel like a collaborative process between me and my readers. You know, if they're reading one of my books and they say, this is a great book. I really enjoyed it. And I just, I would have been really curious to know what happens between chapter four and chapter five. You know, like there's that one month period where we don't really, you know, we kind of glossed over it and they really want to know what happened in that time. That's useful information for me as an author to know because I am planning a whole, you know, set of spin-off standalone novels about the Polyamorous Passions characters. I'm planning this book of short stories about the Polyamorous Passions characters. So I can actually go back and write those scenes in the future. I can include them. I can take one of those scenes that didn't really get expanded on in one of my existing books, and I could turn that one scene into a whole short story, or I could build a spin-off novel based on it, right? So I love that it gives this, again, collaborative experience between me and my readers. And you know, I have to say that really, to me, one of the worst possible things would be for my readers to get bored with a book that I've written. I never want my readers to get to the point where they don't finish my books. I don't want my readers to get bored. I want to leave my readers always wanting more. Okay, so that is the second point that I wanted to make today. The third note that I want to include for today's little writing pep talk is this. Rephrasing things can make your writing so much stronger. For example, in my first draft of her bad idea, I wrote this line: "I'll call you when I have the choreography all figured out." Okay, that was that was the line that I wrote. And then, in the rewrites, I changed that sentence to read, "I'll call you when I figure out the choreography." So you can see you can see how that rewrite of that sentence it just made it a little less awkward, right? Um, in another example, I wrote the phrase, Without another glance back. And then in the rewrites, I changed that sentence to read without a backward glance. So again, you, you can kind of see that the general gist of the idea here is um it's it's there in both of these examples, right? So that first that first version of the sentence, you understand what I was trying to get at. But that second version, when I cleaned it up in the rewrites, It reads much better. It flows much more nicely. So I would really encourage you that if you are frustrated with your writing or your storytelling in that first draft, don't worry. A simple rephrasing of sentences here and there can strengthen it considerably. By the way, if you want more examples of, you know, other sentences that I've restructured, um, I'm sharing more than a dozen of them on the secret version of this podcast at saganmorrow.com slash secret podcast. So if you're kind of curious to see, okay, what did a sentence look like initially? And then how did I restructure it? If you want those examples, then definitely um, grab that, grab that sort of, uh, resource, at cheat sheet over at The Secret Podcast. Um, and hopefully that will just help you give, some, give you some ideas when you are reworking sentences in your own writing, regardless if you write fiction or nonfiction. Hopefully it'll just give you some ideas for how you can do that. Um, so again, you can access that sort of example of the first version of a sentence and then how i restructured it Um, you can get a few examples of those i'm I'm going to be sharing over a dozen of them over at the secret podcast at saganmorrow.com secret podcast okay so there you have it i really hope that you enjoyed this writing pep talk to recap those three reminders when you are working on your first draft and starting to rewrite your story include Number one, your initial draft is solely for getting your ideas onto paper. Number two, one sentence can make all the difference for tying everything together in a sentence or in a scene or between a couple of scenes. And number three, rephrasing things can make your writing so much stronger. If you would like to learn more about Her Bad Idea, and also read the previously published books in the series, you can visit saganmorrow.com slash books or search Polyamorous Passions on your favorite ebook store. And if you want to get a few additional resources for how to improve your writing, then I recommend tuning into episode 59 of this Indie Author Weekly podcast for a few of my favorite books featuring writing tips and that kind of thing. Now, I would love to hear your thoughts on today's little pep talk. Did these reminders help you with your own writing? Has it changed your approach to writing a first draft and working on rewrites? Connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at SaganLives to chat about it, and you can send me a message on either of those platforms if you have requests for future episode topics too. The more you tell me what you would like to see more of on this podcast, the better I can accommodate that. You can also submit your questions or topic ideas anonymously at saganmorrow.com slash question. If you enjoyed this episode, please take two minutes to share this podcast on social media and subscribe and rate it on Apple Podcasts. Anytime you share it or leave a rating or a review, it helps more listeners find the Indie Author Weekly Podcast, so every bit counts. I really appreciate your support. By the way, you can access complete word-for-word transcripts of this episode, and all past episodes, plus sample chapters of my books, and a few other bonuses and goodies, on the secret version of this podcast. Get access to all of that at saganmorrow.com secretpodcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Indie Author Weekly Podcast, and I will see you in the next episode.